God, in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Um, the first Sunday in Advent. The secular year begins on January the 1st. The Christian liturgical year begins on the first Sunday of Advent. And um, that means coming. And the coming that is being referred to is the coming of the Lord at the end of history. The great theme of Advent is the end. There are two ways in the scripture that the end is talked about. The end is talked about as, as in the end of all things, period, at the end of the sentence. And then the end is also spoken of as, um, there's a Greek word for this, the telos, the, the target, the aim, the goal, the perfection, the fulfillment. Um, Advent looks forward to the final judgment. There'll be a final sifting and sorting. Evil will be done away with once and for all. There'll be a final judgment between good and evil, between light and darkness. And that judgment will be the moment at which God brings, it will be the end, it will be the end of history, but it will be also the the moment in which God brings to perfection and completion the Father's work in the power of the Holy Spirit for us and for our salvation in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. All that work which he's been done in his birth, in his life, in his death and resurrection, all of that work will be, got, will be brought to a completion and a perfection. The old creation, which is marked by lying, stealing, killing, cheating, by rebellion against God, and even uh, by the suffering and struggle of, of nature, the old creation, which is marked by suffering and death, the old creation will pass away, and the new creation will come. The prophets of Jeremiah and Ezekiel promise that when, when the new creation comes, and St. Paul says to us, if you're in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. Jeremiah and Ezekiel promise that when the new creation comes, we'll get new hearts. We'll get hearts that are on fire with the love of God. There's a, there's a symbol of that right before the, high, before the altar rail when we come to receive communion. We'll receive hearts that are on fire with love for God. On fire with love for God's laws and God's ways. And on fire with love and tenderness for each other. St. Paul tells us that the whole creation is waiting for that day. The whole creation is groaning like a woman in childbirth, waiting for the appearing of the sons and daughters of God, waiting for that time when God will gather in all of his children. When that day comes, it will be the kingdom of peace. Nation will no longer take up arms against nation. Swords will be beaten into plowshares. They will not study war anymore. The wolf and the lamb will lie down together. The viper will not bite and poison anymore. What poison there is that runs through our human veins. And even the veil of death will be removed. 
there will be no longer a distinction between heaven and earth. And the prayer that we pray every day, our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come on earth as in heaven, that prayer will be answered. And all things in heaven and in earth, the new heavens and the new earth, will be rightly ordered by God's love. And God's love is not an idea. God's love is not a concept. God's love is not a feeling. God's love is a person, Jesus Christ the Lord. And the personal love of God will rightly order all things. And we're going to hear the Messiah pretty soon, and we'll hear that great area, won't we? And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of this peace, this government of love, there will be no end. The Bible presents the history of the world as a story. It's not just one damn thing after another. It's a, a coherent story. It has a beginning. It has a, a drama of conflict. And it has a resolution. It is the world's true story. It's the story of a dramatic conflict between good and evil, between light and dark. It's the story of a human race that's made for light but dwells in darkness, and it's the story of God's costly campaign to restore us and the whole creation and bring us out of darkness into light, from chaos into cosmos, from disorder into order, from the illusory freedom, which is really slavery to evil, to the obedience to God, which is the glorious liberty of the children of God. Mark, Mark uh, is the shortest of the Gospels. Uh, it describes this um, drama of conflict and its uh, resolution in uh, very succinct and dramatic terms. Mark does not give us a lot of the teaching of Jesus. We're going to be with Mark all this year. Mark shows us Jesus bringing the light into the darkness. He shows us Jesus pushing back the kingdom of the evil one and freeing men and women from their uh, from, the, from the demonic spell under which they exist, liberating them from their demons and restoring them to the light. We're now in the 13th chapter, and uh, all through the Gospel of Mark, uh, Jesus has been doing battle with all that opposes God and all that mars and uh, deforms and disorders God's good creation and all that mars and deforms and disorders our human dignity and our human nature. And now he's come into Jerusalem. And the shadow of the cross lies across the whole gospel of Mark, but now it really hovers close. And the disciples cannot help but feel that the final confrontation between good and evil is about to happen. And they recognize him as the Messiah, they recognize him as the Christ, they recognize him as the King, and they are believing that now will come the final battle and he will bring in his kingdom. But what kind of a king and what kind of a battle and what kind of a kingdom? 
They don't understand him. He's been welcomed into the city as the Christ. He has cleansed the temple and confronted the authorities. And the the moment is full. Something momentous is about to happen. He's with his disciples. They're looking at the they're looking at the temple. And the disciples think, what, a, what an amazing building it is. What a, what a grand thing it is, this temple of God, this place where God meets his people. And Jesus says to him, look, the day is coming and coming soon when not one stone will be left upon another. And it happened in 70 AD. The Romans took it. They, they conquered Jerusalem. They burnt, the, they burnt the temple down. A little while later, they're on the Mount of Olives, and you can see across the Kidron Valley, and you can see the the full panorama of the cathedral. And they say to him, Master, when will these things happen? And he says to them, there's going to be wars, there's going to be rumors of wars, there'll be plagues, there'll be many false messiahs. We, this 20th century, certainly saw no shortage of false messiahs. I think it's a, a major advertising plot that the Messiah has come. Whatever the product is, it's going to really save us, isn't it, this time? And we have hopes for every new technology that it will only bring good and never be a problem. There will be many false messiahs. Don't be fooled. The time is not yet. There's going to be suffering. God's going to be with you in suffering. There is going to be times when the suffering falls especially hard on the household of God, on the people who are clinging to God in Jesus Christ. To some very modest degree, that's uh, appearing now in the society in which we live. My students that I had in in Nigeria, they know about it in a very um, profound way, in a very close hand. The end is not yet. The world will have its share of suffering. You'll have your share of suffering. But in the midst of suffering, the suffering that's brought on by the darkness, you'll be witnesses to the light. So don't despair. These things are bound to happen. They're signs of the time, and they're signs that God is yet in charge. The end will come, both the period and the completion and the fulfillment. And so persevere. And then Jesus does an odd thing. He begins to quote from the book of Daniel. We have it just before where we are today in the scripture reading. And he says, now, now pay attention. Mark, Mark gives us the direction. Let the, let the reader understand. Jesus says, quoting the book of Daniel, when the, when the, when the abomination of desolation appears, then there'll be great portents. And that will be the sign that the final moment has come. You'll see, Jesus says to him, the abomination of desolation, and you'll see the Son of Man come with his glory. Now this is very puzzling, isn't it? This generation will not pass away. Well, many generations have come and gone since the time of Jesus. And we haven't seen, we haven't seen the end of all things. And we haven't seen the completion and the perfection of all things. Or have we? 
the abomination of desolation that Daniel talks about in his book was something that the secular Greeks did when they conquered Jerusalem. They set up a, a, an idol of Zeus in the Holy of Holies. And so they profaned and they desecrated the temple. And Jesus is saying something like that is going to happen. And that's going to be a sign that you're in the final chapter. And something like that has happened. The temple is the place where God and humanity meet. The temple in the Holy of Holies is the place where the priest goes and he pours out the blood of the sacrifice. That is, the, the life, a life is poured out. And the pouring out of this life redeems, restores, recreates, cleanses, rescues from darkness, and restores God's people to the light of God's word so that they are capable then of carrying the radiance of God into the world. You are a city set upon a hill. You are light to the nations. The temple is the place where, where God's people are reconsecrated as his and made once again into the, into the bearers of light. You know, when we're baptized, you know, uh, receive the light of Christ. Maybe again, once again, bearers of the light of Christ. Now Jesus teaches us very clearly that he replaces the temple. The temple was the prefiguration. Now the figure has come. Remember when he dies on the cross outside the city gates? But the curtain in the temple too. It means that it's the end the end of that meeting place between God and his people is the end of that place where redemption and recreation and re-enlightenment is to be found. It's the end, put a period to it, it was good, but its time has come to a period to an end, but it's also the completion and perfection. And now the one who can, whose life poured out for us, poured out completely to us for the Father's sake, poured out completely to the Father for our sake, where that perfect offering, that perfect sacrifice, that perfect life poured out can really do what the old temple prefigured. Cleanse, redeem, restore, reconsecrate, bring out of darkness, bring into the light, make us capable of carrying God's light into the world. The message of Advent is that the end the perfection, the consummation, the completion that we long for, for ourselves, for the world, for the creation, is already here and it is also yet to come. So therefore, don't despair. Live in hope. Persevere. St. Paul says, For ye were sometimes darkness, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. The cross of Jesus Christ is the ultimate uh, abomination of desolation. Jesus is the, is the temple. And um, in his person, the temple is profaned. And in his person, the temple is desecrated. And at the same time that there is this profanation and this desecration, 
this greatest evil of which the human heart is capable of. At the same time, the glory of God is being revealed. The angels are certainly there. We do not see them. We glimpse them at the tomb. Two are seen. How many more were there? The day is coming when all will see them and see their Lord coming in glory to complete and perfect that which he has begun. And as we come here week by week, we're moving towards him and he's moving towards us. He's coming to complete and perfect what he's done. He's already beginning that work in us. And already we can hear the song of the angels and we join their voices with them. And already we begin to glimpse the host of heaven. Therefore, Therefore, walk in light. Put away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Therefore, live and walk according to the light of Christ, which you were given in your baptism. And do not despair about the wars and the rumors of wars and about the, tri- the, the troubles and tribulations of the world. In the midst of this darkness, we are witnesses of light and we walk as children of the light that when he appears, we may without fame, we may without shame or fear, rejoice to behold his appearing. And you've got to follow the Son of the Holy Spirit.